Welcome. Everything is great. You're listening to Fork and Bullshit, the Good Place podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Vivian. And we'll be the architects of your journey into the afterlife. This week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 7, Janet and Michael. This episode was written by Kate Gersten, directed by Dean Holland, and it aired October 26, 2017. We open on a flashback of Michael stealing a good place Janet. In the present, Michael runs diagnostic tests on Janet to find the cause of her glitching. Vicky interrupts, but Michael distracts her with thoughts of torturing Chidi. Needles. Needles. <laughs> that, that's it. Just that's needles. the whole idea. <laughs> so right off the bat, Vicky's glee of needles is just like, it's like watching a kid just super happy and excited. Needles. She's practically like jumping out of her skin, like jumping up and down for joy. Like, oh my god, it's the best idea yet. Needles. And we're watching it together, and I'm fairly certain that I said out loud, yeah, but how? How are you going to do that in the quote-unquote good place, right? How are you going to do it without it being obviously torture? Yeah. It's It's, it's needles. Acupuncture. Which reminds me of a scene in Parks and Rec where Adam Scott's character is going to the spa with two other characters, and he's supposed to be relaxing, but he's so tense because he's getting acupuncture, and he's like, I have never been so tense in my life right now. (laughs) So I think Michael Schur maybe just enjoys acupuncture needles. He's a sadist. Yeah. But before we get to Vicky, we have such a cool opening this episode. I really love it. I love that we get this flashback right away, but then later... Michael says that they keep Janet's in a neutral pocket dimension beneath a shapeless time void, Mm -hmm. which is right next to accounting. Right. It's a great line. So that got me thinking, is it next to the good place accounting or the bad place accounting? And are their offices adjacent? Mm. Are they connected via maybe some like interdimensional tube? Yeah. Or like, maybe they're just like offices right next to each other down the street. That's so weird. Yeah. But how does Michael travel to this neutral pocket dimension? Well, it's interesting because in the background of the scene, the big bank vault is like shimmering and glowing. And I don't know, maybe it's like a transporty device. Oh, like a Stargate? Sure. Okay. Except obviously not to the stars. Right. Not to other planets, to other dimensions or other whatevers. Very cool. Now, Michael's coworker asks him... If he got into the good place somehow. So it seems to me like bad place employees can't just walk in. It's not like a regular government building type of thing where you can just go in and they'll say, oh, no, sorry, we can't serve you. It might be like a bouncer situation or like security that Mm. they just can't get past the security because they're obviously bad place employees. They might need like a a pre-set up meeting. Who is it that's supposed to be guarding or at the pearly gates? Is it St. Peter? St. Peter, yeah. So do you think there's just like a super buff St. Peter who's just got his arms crossed and he's like, no, no entry. Basically. Not without coops. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, to me it seems like bad place employees can't just travel between realms, but Janet's can. Mm -hmm. Janet's have a lot more power than it seems that anybody else does. Mm -hmm. Or any of the other beings. (laughs) Yeah, and this Janet has even more power than most Janets. Mm -hmm. And I like that this episode just confirms so many things for us. Um, I know a theory out there was that Michael stole Janet from a particular good place neighborhood Mm -hmm. and that they would come looking for her 
But in this episode, we see he just takes this Janet and then another one reappears. It's like, it's like a Janet vending machine, right? So I don't think anyone's going to come looking for her. And then another theory that it's sort of answered here, a lot of people were wondering why he didn't just use a bad place Janet. We find out it just wouldn't work. Now, I kind of wonder, why do you think it doesn't work? Why do you think bad Janets can't perform good Janet duties? I'm not sure. It also, it, it could be a similar reason why a good Janet probably wouldn't be able to perform bad Janet duties, like torturing somebody, because a good Janet's duties are to help everybody. So do you think that bad Janets are just programmed to be rude and unhelpful? Just like good place Janets are programmed to be nice to everybody? Yeah, probably. Okay. And going against your programming that much consistently would cause that implosion or meltdown, literally. Yeah, it's weird seeing her like burn up from the inside and then collapse. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if that's similar to the marbling process we talk about later in the episode. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. She becomes like Janet's soup. (laughs) Gross. But the weird thing is that her clothes doesn't do anything. Yeah, they're staying... They're staying erect and, like, stiff. Like, upright. Yeah. And they're keeping just, their shape. She's just melting into her leather jacket. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're back in the office and Michael's going through the Janet user manual, he reads off, Janets are brought to you by the makers of light, darkness, and everything. So, seems like we have a neutral higher power instead of just one for each realm. Like, we have someone that oversees both. Mm-hmm. That would certainly imply that there's one governing office or being that created them. Yep. Now, this is a popular theory, and I want to see what you think about it. A lot of people are saying now that Janet is God, like a God-type figure, or or all the Janets are made in the image of this God. Okay. I definitely don't think that Janet is God mm-hmm. or a representation of God. I'm I'm That's thinking true. that maybe she was created in the image, possibly. Hmm. Okay. Like created in the image of sort of a... Just visually. Visually. Just oh. visually. Oh, okay. I would be okay with Darcy Carden playing a godlike figure. That would be cool. I mean, Janet's pretty much already there, so... Nope. Bring back Alanis Morissette. Alanis? Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. No. I think I want... I want Amy Poehler. <laughs> yeah, Lannis is already God in Dogma, so. Uh, yeah, I like the idea that she was created in the image of, and that there's, a, like, a neutral kind of God in this universe. I like that idea. I think it's it's fun, and it could open up a lot of possibilities, but I'm not completely sold on it. I'm still in the, I think there's a bunch of beings sitting around in a boardroom overseeing their two properties, good mm. place and the bad place. And it's strictly business as usual. They need to make each as productive as possible and generate people. So do you think this boardroom of beings are the makers of light, darkness, and everything? Yep. All right, cool. I can buy that. So then we get all the diagnostic tests that Michael runs on Janet. And they're so good. I love them. I think they're really cute. Uh, Great visuals, too. Lots of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. I really like the prism effect that we get when Michael looks into Janet's ears. Mm -hmm. I don't have that much to say about it, though. Like, it's really cool looking, but I was trying to see if there was, like, some sort of significance to it, and 
I think it's just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. It is really cool. And then when he takes Janet's temperature, I mentioned, I think, last episode in the spoiler zone. I wonder how she managed to French kiss Jason last season without him burning Mm -hmm. himself. Maybe what we don't see is the thermometer goes really, really far down. And then it just gets regular sized when he pulls it out. Yeah, but then when Michael reached into her in the first episode Uh to see if she had a note in there, can he just withstand... Sure. 95 trillion degrees or whatever he says. But then going back to the note, how would the note survive? She can regulate her temperature when she needs to. Okay. All right. Semantics. Semantics, whatever. semantics, but (laughs) it's just, it's not important. Nah. Okay, but the last test, or not the last test, but the last, like, physical test, the blood pressure cuff kind of creeps me out. (laughs) I think it's so silly. It's super dumb. Still no blood. Oh, thank goodness. But it creeps me out because it makes me wonder if a Janet has ever suddenly filled with blood before. Mm -hmm. Because, like, why would you have that on your list of diagnostic tests? Yeah. Could you imagine that was, like, one of her glitches? She just fills up with blood and then it's, like, the scene from The Shining? Yeah, instead of pennies shooting out of her mouth, it's just gushes of blood. Yes, They would not do this on this show. It's a little too gory. (laughs) So when Vicky comes in, I feel like it's a little weird when she starts calling Janet it and saying, like, can't you just reset these things? Like, it just feels wrong. What do you think? I feel like it is. I know. I know. I totally get it because it, it feels weird because it's so I noticed it immediately when she says it. Like, ew, what's wrong with it? It. Yeah. These things. She's not treating Janet like a person. Yeah. Which we haven't been doing kind of for the whole show at this point. So for the past season and a half, Janet has been constantly reminding us, not a person, not a woman, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Not a robot. Not a robot. Right. So Vicky's not wrong. Yeah, but we don't ever hear anyone refer to Janet as an it. Right. Or speak about her as though she can't respond to you. Mm -hmm. Or she's not in the room or she doesn't hear you. Yeah, exactly. We always treat Janet with some sort of respect, even when they're killing her. You know why? Why? Because we're good people, and mm-hmm. Vicky's a bad person. So... Vicky's, Vicky's a bad demon thing. Yeah. A nib, remember? Right. Naughty immortal being. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't really want to side with Vicky here, because we've been we, we're... going back and forth on Janet's personhood... Well, we're privy to new information. True. We've got all this stuff that we're seeing that Vicky's not seeing. Janet's mm. slow, slow rise to becoming an autonomous person. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. We do have a lot of information she does not have. Michael believes he is the reason for Janet's malfunctions. In a flashback, Michael activates Janet and lies to her about his identity and plans. Jason and Tahani stop by to see what's happening and their surroundings suddenly disappear, leaving the four of them in a black void. The problem corrects itself quickly, and Michael escorts them out. I think this is one of my favorite Jason moments. Oh my gosh, so good, right? We got robbed! They took the walls, they took the floor, and we were standing right here the whole time! These guys are good. (laughs) so funny. Oh, they're so good. And Manny Jacinto delivers them with this sincerity Mm -hmm. that makes it even better. Yeah. I think every every episode so far, 
I've had new favorite Jason lines, except for the second episode, I believe, when he was just dumbed down to the extreme. Mm, okay. So you feel like maybe they're not flanderizing him anymore? I think they're back on track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too, now that he's getting a little bit more screen time with his relationship with Tahani. Yeah. Although not in this episode. No, of course. This is a special episode. Yes, we barely see our uh, our humans. So do you think it's a little silly that Michael actually thinks that it's his fault? Because I do. The second he said it, I was like, no, it's obviously not you, because that makes no sense. I don't think it was silly at all. No? I think it makes sense because... Michael doesn't believe Janet's can malfunction like this. Hmm. And he thinks he's reaching for the only explanation that he can think of is what possibly could I have done to mess up Janet's programming? Like, did I screw something up because I stole her? Is there something that has been happening? All these resets, etc. Like, I think he's just trying to figure out why. And all he can think of is something that he did because he's the only only one that's been in contact with her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to assume that it would be his fault from his point of view. I don't think it's the smartest reasoning on his part. I guess I can see in terms of like, oh, I've rebooted you so many times and no other Janet has been rebooted 802 times. Right. So maybe that's what's causing the problem. But because he's focusing so much on, oh, well, I lied to you the first time and then I had to lie to you a bunch of other times and that's why. I'm like, Michael, I mean... I get that we're setting up the guilt for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's we're a big getting... part for sure. Yes. But logically, I'm like, oh, Michael, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I really love the effect of all the walls falling away. I think it's so good. And then we get them in that black void. That's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we see here, like, Janet's glitching is getting really bad. Like, this is big. This isn't just coins shooting out of her mouth which is weird and inconvenient this is the literal world falling away from them and it also shows us that the neighborhood wouldn't even exist if she wasn't constantly keeping it operational Mm -hmm. so if michael did kill janet in this episode which is what she suggests later on only to get a new one it seems like the neighborhood would just cease to exist in time and space until he got the new one up and running. Yeah, he'd probably have to reboot everyone again, like reset their memories. Yeah. So Janet's, yeah, okay, I see what she's saying, but it's not as though he would just go out and get a new one and it wouldn't be a a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, they would have to recreate the entire neighborhood. That's a huge hassle. Well, not for Janet. No, but for Michael. Yeah. For all the other humans, for all the demons, right? It's a big deal. Janet realizes she can lie, and Michael pieces it together. Janet's glitching is caused by her unintended lying due to her subconscious love for Jason. Janet tells Michael that the only way to solve this problem is to kill her. Chidi, with a face full of acupuncture needles, interrupts, but is quickly dismissed by Michael. I love the way he dismisses him, too. Just like, ah, don't know what to tell you. Door in face. See you later. It would have been nice if Chidi, from behind that door, said, ouch. As though Michael had smacked him right in the face. Yeah, like the door pressed in the needles. (laughs) Ooh, ow, ow, ow. Okay. William Jackson Harper, who plays Chidi, tweeted that they tried real acupuncture needles. They did. Yes. And he withstood that. Yes, they really. But then they saw them and decided to end up going with 
prosthetics instead. That sucks if you're Michael <laughs> or that sucks if you're William Jackson Harper because like, ugh. Yeah, that would not be fun. No. No. And now that I think of it, I think Adam Scott in that Parks and Rec episode actually did have real acupuncture needles because it had the little colored tips to them, mm-hmm. which is what Will had in the first picture. Yeah. Wow. So it's dedication to the craft. Yeah, that would have been really intense if he had actually been wearing like real needles in that scene. You do great things for your craft, Will. So how do you feel about this being the cause of her glitching? The whole feelings for Jason thing. I mean, it was kind of expected from my point of view. I mean, it seemed obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. Everyone was calling it. Right. right? They were like, oh, it's because she loves Jason. But, because of the ride or die protocol, which may or may not be true. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, some sort of programming in there that makes it that she wants to protect Jason, be with Jason, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you like it as a reasoning or do you think it's kind of lame? Like, where I do you fall on it? I think it's great. Yeah? Yeah, I really okay. like it because I really like them together, even though it's weird. I know, I do too. <laughs> and... It, would be even better now that she's more of a person. Mm. So I think it would be more meaningful. Okay. Instead of just, hey, it's a sex slave robot for me to poke around with. Do you think that's how Jason felt about Janet in no, season not at one? All. Oh, okay. But that's basically what she was. Was she, though? I really didn't get that feeling. She would only be able to do what he said. She's a slave. Well, no, she's not a slave in the typical sense. No, because she's willing. She's a willing slave. But, I mean, she's really the one who's kind of in charge in their relationship because Jason is so... She's not in charge, though. She never, she couldn't be in charge because she can't make decisions for herself. In season one, she did. Like, she made a decision to go to the medium place when Michael said he was going to reboot her. And Jason was just saying, oh, well, when you get rebooted, I'll teach you all the Dorito flavors again. But she's the one who says, no, no, this isn't happening. We're going to the medium place. Like, she takes charge in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, I disagree with your assessment of her being a slave. Somebody who is happy to do whatever you ask them with nothing in return. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think season two Janet and Jason would be very different than season one Janet yeah. and Jason. Still very sweet, though, I think. Innocent. Mm-hmm. Now, I like this because it's kind of a twist on the whole you're jealous your ex is dating someone new trope. Like, it feels fresh while still being really relatable. And it's not like the writers had Janet suddenly remember that she loved Jason. And suddenly hate Tahani. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't anything to do with that. There was no, oh, I hate Tahani and she's the worst and Jason would be better with me. There was none of that. It was Mm -hmm. just, oh, wait a minute. I used to be with Jason? I used to love Jason? I don't know how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And that's really relatable too because emotions are tricky and sometimes you fall in love with people that you don't want to love hmm. i don't know it's very human it's kind of sweet it's very human mm-hmm. and we see a lot of the evolution this episode and if you look back a few episodes you can actually start to see it sooner especially with her facial expressions mm-hmm. if you'll notice this episode especially obviously she's way more expressive Oh, yeah. Her face just changes all the time. And if you go back to season one, she's always smiling. And now she's showing a vast range of emotions. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's what happens when you reboot her 802 times, right? (laughs) She's the most powerful Janet yet. Damn right. And she also says to Michael when he asks her, you know, is this what you really want me to do? Like, kill you? And she says, well, what I really want to do is to stay. So she has her own desires. She tells Michael that. But of course, the safety of everyone in the neighborhood still overrides her personal safety. So is this Michael's own trolley problem? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Kill one Janet and save four humans. Or save a Janet, reboot the humans. Put all the humans in danger. Yeah, I don't know. So what do you do? And of course, I'm still fascinated by the use of language in regards to Janet when she's saying, kill me instead of shut me down or destroy me. Of course, she says, use the self-destruct protocol. But she doesn't say, destroy me, Michael, which might sound a little weird anyway. (laughs) But saying kill me, right? Like, that's a really human word. Yeah. That's, well, obviously you can kill, like, a plant or a dog or something like that, too. But it's something you do to a living thing. A living thing, right? Let's just quickly go over Chidi again. Okay. What he said actually kind of fascinated me for a moment because he says like can you let me know like is there anything coming down the pike that i should know about and i thought i have never heard i thought it was always coming down the pipe or coming down the pipeline and so i looked it up like is this something new or did they just do it wrong or have i been wrong the entire time and the origin of that idiom is coming down the pike as in coming down the turnpike Oh. Which is like a, a road or a highway or a stretch of road, whatever. But turnpikes have become less used in the past, you know, 100 years mm. when the uh, the idiom started in like the early 1900s. And people actually started to to say pipe or pipeline because it things come down pipes as well. So similar. But it's actually coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. I've heard coming down the chute. As well, like a male shoot yeah. sort of thing before. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. It's not an expression I hear very often mm-hmm. anymore. Anyway, I thought it was a little something interesting. Cheaty teaching me something new that I wasn't expecting to learn. Aw, Cheaty teaching. It's his favorite thing. Yep. He'd be so proud of I, himself. I like, too, that it shows that Michael is keeping them up to date on the torture that's coming, right? So they can prepare for it and, I guess emotionally brace themselves for it (laughs) except not at all because the acupuncture (laughs) no but michael has obviously been doing it for the first part of the season because chidi only comes in now because he didn't get the memo yeah because he's been a little preoccupied yeah well janet's malfunctioning so get out of the office chidi yeah michael spots a spoon in his office and he remembers janet's brilliant idea to have frozen yogurt chops in the good place Michael refuses to kill Janet, blabbering excuses until he blurts out that he can't because she's his friend. Cue the, aww. (laughs) And we know he's telling the truth because there's nobody else there. No. It's just Janet. Yeah. And he tells her that he needs her to sneak into the good place. So we know that's the truth as well. Yeah, that's true. He's not lying for anybody's benefit. He hasn't been lying. No. I think it's really sweet. Michael's sentimental, but didn't even really realize it until now. Because he kept that spoon for hundreds of years throughout all the reboots. That's true. 
And then during our flashback, when Michael says, I'm way out on a limb here and I'm all alone. That was really kind of sad. That was like, oh, that got me right in the heart. (laughs) And then Janet says, no, you're not. I'm here. And it was really sweet because Michael's just so afraid in this moment. And of course, we know he wants to torture people. So it's not like he's doing a good thing, but he's so afraid. And even though he doesn't consciously consider Janet a friend at this point, she's there for him. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. an important part of friendship, being there for someone. And here Janet is. She was always his friend. He just didn't know it. He just didn't realize that he needed one. Yeah. It says a lot about Michael. Yeah? That there's a lot more to him than just, I want to torture people and make my office proud of me. There's feelings and emotions, and he's not just evil through and through. No, definitely not. Michael is a pretty well-rounded person, really. Mm Mm-hmm. And as much as he says, well, emotions are a human problem. Uh, hello, knock, knock. Emotions calling. It's like, surprise, Michael, you've been feeling emotions this whole time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then we get Michael asking Janet, what's a food that people think they enjoy, but that's also kind of a bummer. And now I really want to ask you, what do you think, Jason? What do you think are foods that people think that they like, but are not really good? And you can't say frozen yogurt. Because not only is that in the show, it's also wrong. Because frozen yogurt is delicious and sometimes better than ice cream. There I said it. Menchie's frozen yogurt. Okay, Menchie's frozen yogurt is garbage. But if you get good frozen yogurt, then it can be better than ice cream. Well, sure, I'd take anything and if you get a good version of it, then it's great. Well, if you get the crappy version of ice cream too, then... Yeah. Then they both suck. Exactly. So. I know this past... This question was posed online and by me. (laughs) Yeah. One of the answers I think is really, really great. Beer. Oh. I like it, but but it's, I don't know. It's also kind of a bummer. Why is that? Is it because it's a depressant? (laughs) No, the the taste is sometimes a little, maybe it's just, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I don't like it, but I, I, I do like it, but maybe I don't. I don't know. Oh, you're very confused about beer. Yeah, it's a very confusing substance. I am not confused about beer. I think it's gross. Yeah. And I love how everyone's like, oh, you just have to develop a taste for it. And I'm like... That sounds like conditioning. I'm sorry. Yeah, that sounds like I'm just conditioning myself to drinking wheat water. Okay? It's just... <laughs> bleh. It's not good. Ugh. Yeah. So some of my ideas were pickles. Because I hate pickles. And you're wrong, but pickles. Pickles are amazing. Ugh, pickles are cucumbers gone bad. Um, candy corn. I like candy corn. Ugh, candy corn tastes like chalk or something. It's just really yuck. And zoodles, which are zucchini noodles. I've only ever had them boiled before as like a alternative to spaghetti noodles. But really, zoodles only exist because people are trying to save on calories. Is that something your dad made once? Yes. I remember that. Yeah, they were weird. I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. But I asked this question and I got a bunch of different answers. So I'm going to read off a few of them. One of them was pretending cauliflower is a substitute for anything. Cauliflower is amazing, but as a substitute for something, no. Yeah, like cauliflower rice, cauliflower crust, no. Uh Uh-uh. Not a thing. Someone said grits, and that was quite controversial. A lot of people really like grits, apparently. I don't know what that is. Well, I know what it is, but I've never had it. I have never had it either. Uh, It seems very southern, so. Another person 
suggested oatmeal raisin cookies, and I Wrong. could not agree more. Wrong. Yeah, no. They're just, they're Delicious. not fun. And then half the time, I think they're chocolate chip cookies, and then I'm disappointed. It's just rude. More like, and suddenly I'm more excited for them. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You're you a weirdo a, with cookies. I don't know. You go to a cafe, and you get one of those, like, super big ones, like the size of your fist, and you're like, oh, yeah, wait. That's like a regular size cookie. <laughs> <laughs> you have tiny fists then. No, that's not a regular sized cookie. I'm looking at your fist right now and it's larger than that. Okay, well, size of your head. Okay. And they're like, they're bendy, they're squishy. Yeah, they got then the, that like, the little raisins. Better be peanut butter Ugh. or chocolate chip or ginger molasses, okay? Ginger molasses, yes. Peanut butter, no. Chocolate yes. chip, no. You're a weirdo. um and then of course there were all the suggestions like gluten-free anything and Mm -hmm. whole wheat anything like anything that's supposed to be healthy because people just don't like being healthy i guess (laughs) healthy things aren't as good as greasy fattening sugary things Mm. okay deep fried things now i read online somewhere that the frozen yogurt that they eat on the show is actually mashed potatoes oh that's disgusting and it, but it explains why it never melts, right? Because in every shot you see, it's never like dripping a little bit. But yeah. it's kind of weird because that means they're like making their mashed potatoes a bunch of different colors. Hopefully the food coloring does not impact the taste too much. Well, because mashed potatoes are good. That's great. I'm going to pay more attention every time they eat frozen yogurt. <laughs> so on less food related things, I think Janet's the real pun master in this show. Because she's the one who instantaneously changes all the pudding restaurants to frozen yogurt shops and comes up with the names. Mm -hmm. Hello, Janet the Pun Master. She's got a list of all words and all words that sound like other words. She's amazing. She is amazing and I love her. So then in the present, when we get Michael trying to bullshit his way out of killing Janet... When he yells out, oh, because of reasons, and there are reasons, they're there, and I just don't want to talk about it. I'm like, oh man, Michael is so relatable. (laughs) Just because of reasons. Sounds like anybody on Tumblr or Reddit. But it's really sweet when Michael finally says, because we're friends, and he says to her, our relationship has become important. You're my oldest, my truest, my most loyal friend. That's a really sweet moment. And it almost looks like Janet's getting a little misty-eyed. Mm. Almost. Can da- Janet cry? I don't know. I know she said in the first season that she can't feel sad, but we know now that that's not true. Mm-hmm. So maybe Janet actually could cry like a real person. But maybe it's like oil that leaks out or something. <laughs> yeah. Or blood. Jason, don't make me think she's going to suddenly fill up with blood. That's like a nightmare, okay? humans are full of blood i know but janet gets to be blissfully unfull of blood our blood is aching to get out it's just pulsing through our veins just ready to go spurting everywhere oh my god i hate you right now (laughs) do you think chidi would be proud of michael at this moment absolutely if chidi was a witness to this whole scene he'd be like floored yeah absolutely because he's never seen this kind of emotion coming from michael that's true he probably still doesn't really 100 percent believe his apology in the last episode okay but seeing this would i don't know make him rethink everything same mm-hmm. with eleanor if eleanor saw this 
she would trust Michael a lot more. Hmm. So do you think us as viewers, we're going to end up trusting Michael more than the humans do? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, at this point, I already do. So you're trusting Michael now? Yep. Okay. I, I switched. I oh, changed. you switched. You came over to my side. Yep. You were like, yeah, that train looks good. The train to trusting Michael town. Yep. It's a weird town. I feel like he's just experiencing all these new emotions. Like, he's saying this stuff about her being his oldest, truest, most loyal friend. We don't even know if Michael has any other friends. Does he have a social life? Doesn't seem like it. Does he go bowling with his pals from the office? Doesn't seem like it. I think she's pretty much his friend, and now maybe he's going to start considering the other humans his friends, too? Like, slowly over time? Yeah, because they've been with him a long time as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure their relationship started off a little rocky, but... (laughs) (laughs) It certainly did. Now, do you think that Michael felt a pang of guilt or sadness every time he rebooted Janet? Or do you think this is sort of like his first realization that he cares for her? I don't think he felt guilt for rebooting her. Rebooting her is not the same as self-destruct. Okay. You don't think he saw like rebooting as similar in a way? Because you are erasing the memories. And memories are part of what makes you who you are. Like a huge part of what makes you who you are, right? But she... Yeah, I guess. But his memories are still there. Hmm. I don't know. I I don't see it as the same. I guess Janet is so different from a human being, right? Like, she's already... She comes preloaded as Janet, Mm -hmm. right? With the the basic qualities of a Janet. Helpful, kind, you know, with incredible super abilities, right? But the memories, like the individual memories of like marrying Jason and remembering every little reboot, that would still have changed her. Like, I don't think, or I know that Janet would not be who she is now if she remembered every single reboot. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's an element of like, maybe he was a little bit sad that he had to reboot her so many times, but certainly didn't stop him. Right. No, it did not. So one thing that Michael doesn't argue is that if they had to get a new Janet, that this could alert Sean to his failure because the neighborhood suddenly wouldn't be there. Demons would most likely be telling on him. And then there might be unexpected difficulties if he tries to go get another Janet. After having stolen one, if they know that one has gone missing, it's possible that they upgraded their security. Mm -hmm. You know? So might not actually be that easy. Janet's may or may not be uniquely numbered, like a serial number or a way to track the Janet inventory, just because the good place is so trustworthy that they don't even have security. So maybe they just have no way to track them. I feel like they would. That's what they do with all products, right? There's always a serial number. So Janet's a product. Yeah, she's created, right? Mm -hmm. She's created as a... A product by the makers of light, darkness, and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Janet's a product. Interesting. Well, she's manufactured. Somebody makes her, right? There's a Janet warehouse. That screams of product. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I know there were a few people online who said that the whole 
conversation about the lack of security in this Janet warehouse is going to come back into play this season. There's a reason for that. Like, maybe the good place has been testing the bad place. Like, there's got to be a reason that they have such, such little security other than the fact that they're just really trusting people. Do you think there's any merit to that? Nope. I think it's another way of the show explaining questions that we had. Mm. How did Michael steal Janet? What's going on? And then, oh, well, there was no security because they're the good place. They trust everybody. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I really do. But also, I think it would be really cool if it did come back into play. Just because this show is smart. Like, it yeah. does leave you little, like, crumbs, right? Yeah, Leading and you, you, can, you can follow them back so. episodes just to see where it originated. They're not going to spring something on you out of nowhere. Exactly. So... I'm very excited to go through season two as a whole, just like I did with season one once I found out the twist. I'm excited to see, okay, where are those cookie crumbs? What are the little parts that led us to the end that maybe I overlooked in this podcast or that we thought, oh, no, that's a fun theory, but it's never going to come to fruition. What I'm imagining is some elaborate chase sequence. The core four of them running through, trying to escape from, I don't know, Vicky. She's chasing them on some like With badass, <laughs> some badass motorbike or something. And they're they're going through the warehouses and dodging through Janet's and then getting through, jumping through different realms, oh. weaving in and out of fire demons. That's going to be very expensive because oh, that's yeah. going to require a lot of CGI. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless they immediately cut and then after the commercial break they're free and they're like woo what an elaborate chase sequence that was <laughs> oh goodness okay michael sure don't play me like that <laughs> <laughs> michael suggests janet speak with eleanor their most problematic human eleanor gives janet some advice saying she should find a rebound guy janet goes to her void and returns with Derek. The rebound boyfriend she created. Oh Eleanor. my goodness. Oh, the worst advice. I mean, honey, yeah. who did you think she was gonna go for? Yeah, exactly. Who is there here? Other than Michael, it's cheaty, and you're <laughs> kind of, you know, you got dibs on him. Why not Eleanor? But why not Eleanor? I mean, she does think she has a rock and bod, so by Eleanor strikes again. She's halfway there anyway. Exactly. Let's just go for it. <laughs> Eleanor could use some time to stop thinking about Chidi. Janet could use some time to stop thinking about Jason. Win-win. There you go. But she does say, you have to find a guy. So the advice is kind of limiting. Okay, so I don't want to jump right ahead to Derek, but when I saw that in the episode, like, I knew Derek had to be something because I knew the title of the next episode but I had no idea what it was going to be. So when he showed up on the screen, I was just... I was Michael when he was having his existential crisis. Like, my mouth was just open. My hands were on my face. I couldn't speak. I was so surprised. Why were you so surprised? I just didn't think she would create a person. Yeah. That's huge. That's massive. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Before we get to that, We have this huge info dump for Eleanor, and I guess now she does know that Jason and Tahani are together. She really seems to have, like, no reaction to that, too. So, 
That's kind of a bummer. I'm really sad that we've basically pushed Eleanor and Tahani's friendship aside this season. I guess it's kind of sad to think that Eleanor's not even phased by it. Basically has no relationship with Tahani this season. Yeah, it's that's a huge missed opportunity, I think. It's a bummer. Yeah, it sucks. But someone did uh, theorize that Eleanor is wearing Chidi's shirt in this scene. And I love that idea, obviously. I mean, the shirt is kind of like, it looks like too big for her. It's kind Mm. of like a guy's shirt, you know? Just saying, just saying. It It could be cheating. To me, it looks like they pulled her off of, like, pulled her from her trailer or something. It was like, uh, Kristen, you have a scene. Like, we have to shoot this scene, like, right now. (laughs) And she's still, like, half asleep or something. (laughs) And she's like, oh, crap, it's Tuesday already? Oh, um, um, can I, where's, where's wardrobe? No, 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 just... We need to do it now. Just grab whatever you have. <laughs> I think she looks beautiful. So if that's how she wakes up oh, from I'm a sure nap in her trailer, then I want to wake up looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> you do. No, I do not. <laughs> I, I wake up with like a sideways mohawk and lines from the pillow on my face. I'm not half as elegant as K-Bell. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that I either gasped or clapped my hands when Janet said and pointed to herself, not a person, because I was like, oh, there she goes. There she says it. Sick burn. <laughs> and then as immediately you hear Eleanor, uh, but you kind of are. Yeah. And that was our reaction, too. That was, but she kind of is at this point. Yeah. She's becoming much more of a person. Yeah, for sure. So, of course, Eleanor's advice is not great, but it's very true to her character. So I like that we don't have her just say, oh, well, you know, just have a girl's night with me and Tahani or, well, not Tahani, I guess, but have a girl's night with me and we'll just gab and, you know, watch movies and we'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it makes sense. Eleanor would absolutely want to have sex about her feelings and not talk about it. Hmm. So... And I'm glad that they squashed the possibility of a Janet and Michael ship because no, 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 no. I also like that Eleanor wasn't the fix it person this episode like she has been the past few episodes. Mm. So that was nice. It's it seems like she's giving her she's going to be giving her great advice, but then you can see it just spiraling and getting worse. And then in the end, of course, it makes it 10 times worse. Yeah, because now we have a Derek. hundred times worse, because now we have a Derek. Yeah. (laughs) And I like that Janet actually figures out how to avoid any further glitches. Not really from Eleanor's advice, but just realizing, well, I can avoid it by carefully choosing what I say. Right. If I don't say things like, oh, I'm so happy to help you, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Should be able to avoid most glitches, yeah. And we have the great exchange when she says, Eleanor told me to go get it, girl. And Michael says, get what? She responds, unclear. I'll get everything just to be safe. (laughs) I hope that Janet's void is filled with everything. Everything. I imagine like the room of requirement in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that. But she clearly went and got all the ingredients to make a person. A person. Okay. Okay. So this baffles, like, this just completely 
flabbergasted when I was watching this. I really did not think this was going to happen. What is he? Like, what is Derek? Because he says you can't make a person, but like, is he a person? He is person shaped, but he's not human. There's no way he's like, he's not human, right? No, because so is he, he just. Can, he can disappear. He can leave. Is he like a sentient doll or something? I don't know. The whole thing is just really weird. What I'm hoping for in episodes coming up is maybe a Janet flashback where we see her trying to create Derek. And all we see is like a spinning torso that sprouts arms and legs in weird positions. And then she's oh trying to get it prop. She's trying to get it right. And then heads come off on the side, the wrong side. And then legs come out of the head. And then until she gets it right. Mm. I think that'd be a lot of fun. This is just an incredible amount of power. Like, that's huge. And she says, well, this is my first time making a person, so he might be kind of off. But you're not supposed to be able to make people, period. Mm -hmm. So now I'm wondering, is Janet going to make more people? That's, I don't know. It's just, that's why I feel like there is a little bit of merit to this idea that, like, Janet is in the image of a godlike figure because she has these powers. Yeah, it wasn't what she was intended to do. Because as soon as you have the power to create life, that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Um, What if she does start to make more people and Michael has to try to explain to Vicky where these new people are coming from? Like, these are new people I have to torture. Um, crap. Well, they better be a little bit more stealthy than Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Or else she's going to think that Michael just wants to torture a bunch of really dumb people. Mm -hmm. I'm just really excited to see what this means for Janet and what we're going to learn about her. Mm -hmm. Because clearly we have not seen the full extent of her power. Right. Yeah. Now, you've seen this actor before. I have. Jason Mantzoukas, I want to say. I might not be saying that right. He has appeared in Parks and Rec as Dennis Feinstein, a perfume creator, a perfumer. Was that the same? A perfumist. Com- Is that the same company that was on the back of the magazine that Eleanor was reading, or on the the front of the magazine? Yes, yeah, okay. it was. Yep, Dennis Feinstein, and he's also been on Brooklyn Nine Nine as Adrian Pimento. He was about to get married to Rosa. Now, I liked him in Parks and Rec because Dennis Feinstein was supposed to be a douche. And he was. And it was perfect. But I didn't really like his character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So when I saw him, I was not ecstatic. I was sort of like, oh, okay, it's this guy again. But I think this is probably my favorite of his characters. I don't know. He's immediately charming, don't you find? Yep. He's a likable moron. Oh, he's so dumb, but he just really does Derek well. Mm-hmm. Like when he picks up the user manual and he's looking at Janet, the, just the noise he makes that like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're on the cover of this book. And isn't that hilarious? Like yeah. he's so like lovable. When he screams bye at the end before he goes off into the void. Yeah, he really nailed Derek like very quickly. Mm-hmm. You knew exactly who he was going to be in like two seconds. When he walks over to the plants and he's like, hi, I'm Derek. Hi, I'm Derek. He just <laughs> seems like a dog, you know, like really excited about everything. So I think that's, that's why I like him. sentient. Yeah, I like dogs. So I think that's why I like him. That's fair. Yeah. 
So I know that he's kind of a controversial actor. Like, people seem to either love him or hate him. And I was kind of in the middle there, I have to say. Like, I didn't love him, didn't hate him. He was kind of just, oh, he's that guy. You know, and he always plays that role. Mm -hmm. But Derek just feels unique to me. So, Jason, overall thoughts on this episode? I like the episode. I think it's great because I love Janet and learning about Janet and finding more about her is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really want Darcy Carden to get an Emmy. Oh, man, she deserves it. Like, she does phenomenal work in the show. And obviously, Ted Danson does as well. But just it's such a treat seeing Darcy because the whole first season, she's just so stone faced and well, not stone faced, but smile faced and Mm -hmm. all smiles. And now we get range of emotion that we're not used to seeing. So it's it's extra special. Yeah, I feel like we're really getting to witness her evolution instead of just having Janet be very much like a person right off the bat. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of growth. We don't tend to see a lot of this. It's Mm -hmm. usually like, oh, they're a robot. And then suddenly now they're like a human. But we're really seeing that nice, slow realistic kind of progression right which is nice now this season could be all about janet and her growth Mm -hmm. and what that means for the future yeah i really like this episode because it feels so much more like janet is an outsider now just like the rest of team cockroach like when she was in season in season one when she was rebooted and married to jason she was an outsider too but like all that resets just wiped all that away and i know she's been helping the others with their plans but to me it still felt like she was just this addition to the core group like she wasn't really part of it but now that she's experiencing all these feelings she's confused about her emotions she's having all these little problems here and there it just feels like she's less of a anthropomorphized vessel of knowledge and more like a person to me Mm -hmm. so i really like this episode i think it's fantastic i think it's one of the best of the show in total Hmm. yeah okay and as the good janet on reddit said from a functional standpoint all janets are the same but this janet is uniquely flawed thanks good janet you're my favorite part of the subreddit so good such a great addition but it's so true right that's what makes her our janet because she's uniquely flawed and so are all of the other people on this show Mm -hmm. i just feel like she's really part of the family now so let's get to our mail hey v yes jason i've got something to say Uh uh-huh i really love the skillful way you read our mail on the show the other day oh jason the mail is long, but we'll cram it. Janet. Janet. There's questions galore, so we'll plan it. Janet. Janet. So please, don't tell us to can it. Janet. Janet. I've, I've one thing, thing to say, and that's damn it. Janet. Olive juice. <laughs> I couldn't resist. It's the perfect song. All right. So our first piece of mail comes from Katie at Katie Hawks on Twitter. She asked, are we going to talk about personhood a little bit more for both of them or all three of them okay so let's talk about all three of them janet michael and derek so if we go over 
Derek's personhood. Well, that'll yeah. be a that'll be a tough one. Yep, definitely. So if we go over our criteria for personhood that we brought up way back in episode seven, the first thing was consciousness of objects and events external and or internal to the being, and in particular the capacity to feel pain. So, Janet, she does not feel physical pain, but she is obviously experiencing some subconscious emotional pain in this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Agreed. Okay. Michael, does he fit this criteria? Yes. Yes, definitely, without a doubt. He doesn't seem to feel physical pain very much, but we know that he would if he was retired, so yeah. Derek, what do you think about Derek? At this point in the show, we're not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if he recoils from the mirror because it hurt to bump into it or just because he was surprised that he couldn't continue walking through it. I think he was surprised. Okay, all right. It's unlikely that he could feel physical pain. And I'm gonna say he's not really super conscious of his environment or his being. Mm -hmm. So, Michael and Janet, yes. Derek, eh, to be seen. We know that the next episode is called Derek, so we learned a little bit more about him in that episode. Mm -hmm. Number two was reasoning, the developed capacity to solve new and relatively complex problems. Janet and Michael can do this, for sure. Definitely. Derek? No. (laughs) Again, small small sample size, but no. We're going to go with no. Number three was self-motivated activity, so activity that is relatively independent or... Of either genetic or direct external control. So now Janet's activity, to me, still seems to be motivated primarily by the desires of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, the safety of others is more important to her than her survival. But she does share her wants and desires. And now she really seems to feel them subconsciously as well. So I would say yes to this one. One thing that piques my curiosity is now that janet's got all this new power that she's discovering Mm -hmm. is she going to start shirking her duties as a good place janet Mm, like doing things that she wants more often yeah and getting kind of bored of other people's requests Mm, prioritizing herself above others Mm -hmm. interesting stops really working as a as a proper janet so michael definitely has this now what about derek from what we've seen. Self-motivated activity? Yes. Yeah? It seems like he's only doing things because of his own desire to learn. Hmm. Okay. So he's he's eager to learn. That's why he's like walking around the entire office confused yeah, and amused by everything. Yeah, picking things up and... Okay, so you would say yes for this? Yeah. Okay. He's like a small child. Curious about everything. Oh yeah, I get that. Okay. I wrote initially that Derek doesn't. But looking at it from that perspective, okay, I concede. Number four was the capacity to communicate. So yes for Janet and Michael, for sure. They're able to communicate in many different ways about a lot of different topics. Derek made a lot of talk talk in my ear holes about you. Michael, 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 Michael. Yeah, I'm going to say he kind of can't communicate very well. Okay. I mean, I still think he's communicating. Yeah. Because he tells everybody, like, hey, Janet made me. Okay, okay. He's just not very eloquent. Okay. That's a good point. 
Number five is the presence of self-concepts and self-awareness, either individual or racial or both. So Janet does say in this episode, not a person, but I think her opinion on this is going to change. I think she's going to start seeing herself as a person and identifying as one, too. I think she doesn't really... She's thinking of person as a physical thing instead of personhood. Yes. So I think her definition will adjust. Yes, I think so, too. I'm a person, but I'm not a person. I'm not human. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you think of Michael as a person? Do you think Michael believes himself to be a person? I see Michael as a person. Yep. I don't see... I, I don't know whether he thinks of himself as a person yet. Okay. But I think once he's shown evidence, or then he'll slowly realize that it's true. I think Michael is 100% a person. Mm-hmm. I know that he is an immortal being, and that's a part of, you know, what we think of as not very person-like, right? Because none of us get to live for forever. But he displays everything else that uh, that a person is. So, to me, he's 100% a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what about Derek? No. Maybe. No. I don't know. We don't really know yet. Yeah, I don't know how self-aware he is. Um... I mean, he understands sort of what he is. We'll get back to you in our next episode. But we'll get back to you on that. So, Jason, has your opinion on the Janet is a person question, has that changed? Do you think of Janet as a person now? Yes. Yes? Yeah. 100%? No doubts? Yes. Okay. I don't know. It took 802 reboots, but I think we got there. Yes, I agree with you. And I know... That certain listeners, <clears throat> Garrett, are going to be really happy to hear me say that Janet is definitely a person now. <laughs> I have no doubts anymore. Well, those people who thought she was a person before were wrong. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think now that Janet has evolved so much, she really has become a person. And she is, in fact, the person who is wrong in this episode when she says she's not one. You'll get there. You'll get there, Janet. You'll start to understand that being a person is not all about being living in a biological way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's more to being a person than just a human flesh bag. Exactly. Full of blood. Oh my god, stop talking about blood. (laughs) We got an email from James who says, Hey guys, I have two things. So I was firmly in camp, Janet is not a person. But after last episode, I'm starting to change my mind. I think Janet is gaining personhood. Last season, she could easily say that she loved Jason and hated genocide and leggings as pants, but didn't seem affected by those emotions. Now she can't name what her issue is, but she's actually feeling it. Definitely agree, James. She's going through what most people go through, having these emotions and not being 100% sure where they came from or why you're having them. Yeah, emotions are super confusing, and now get Janet gets to experience that. Mm-hmm. Also, last episode, you said that Janet was glitching because she was violating her ride-or-die protocol. But wouldn't that protocol mean she would be happy to help Jason? If she really was ride-or-die, she'd support Jason's happiness. Or did you mean that her jealousy was violating the protocol? For me personally, I think that her ride-or-die protocol was a commitment she made to Jason to be with him 
and only him forever. Okay, kind of like vows? Right, like a vow. And as soon as she starts breaking them herself by saying, I'm happy with you being with somebody else, that's violating the vows. And it's glitching her system. So would Derek be one giant glitch because she shouldn't be with someone else? And technically, Derek is the rebound guy? I mean, he is like a giant glitch when you think about it. Right. He's not supposed to exist. She never should have made him. (laughs) And she shouldn't be able to make him, but somehow she is. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I think about that. Yeah, I totally agree, James, that if... If she was violating that protocol, and if that's what the protocol was, then she should be able to help him out no matter what to make him happy. Mm-hmm. I, part of me feels like this is just something that fans have latched onto. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Because mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of her and Jason together till the end, ride or die, keep on fighting. Now, we didn't really discuss this in the body of the episode, but I had a lot of complaints about Jason and Tahani last episode. How do you feel about the little glimpse we get into in this episode, where Tahani says, I'm finally able to admit that we are together? I think I had a decent amount to say last episode. Yeah. About how I think being with Jason will make Tahani a better person. That's true. Okay. And I think she's actually on that path because she even admitted to Michael that she's with Jason. So it's a start. Okay. I still don't like them. That's fine. <laughs> um, I guess it was the way that Jamila said that line when she was saying, oh, I can finally admit now that we're together. It seemed like I can finally admit this shameful secret of mine which is it's totally in character too because that's everything that she says she says in a condescending way like she's so much better than everyone which is fantastic Mm -hmm. but you can't say that i wasn't right about the slow progress that she's making because she is she is making progress we literally see an example of it this episode fine and spoiler alert we see it next episode too yeah it's true well Wha-bam! For this episode, I am still firmly in the please let's stop with this whole Jason and Tahani garbage. <laughs> I'm on the Janet Tahani Jason train. Oh, oh, I get it. A thruple. I like A it. A thruple. A thruple. That's not the common thruple. The common one is Cheaty, Eleanor, and Tahani. Mm. That's the one that most people like. But you, you go fight against those norms, Jason. Yep. Give me... Janani Mendoza. <laughs> wow. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, Jason gets his full last name. <laughs> Is it because he's the man? Jasoni. Jasonit? Jasonit. It's bad. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's anyway, bad. you slice it, it's, it's bad. All bad. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Fork and Bullshirt, a multiverse radio production. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. This is the best way for others to find the show, and we love to hear from you. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and on Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. You can also email us from our website, multiverseradio.ca. We're also on Instagram. Yeah, and we also run a Twitter account. 
uh, at no context TGP. If you want to check out some fun out of context screenshots of the good place. We also have a Tumblr. We also have a Tumblr. We are basically everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're watching you right now. No, we're not. I'm sorry if that scared you. <laughs> if you were like doing dishes and then I said that, but you had me on like low volume and it sounded scary. I apologize. And I just laughed at you. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week for a review of the fall finale, season two, episode eight, entitled Derek. The show will return January 4th, 2018. We get two long months of no good place. Oh, well, hit us up on all the social media places and you can get your good place fixed there. That's true. We're going to quickly do a little spoiler zone section. So if you haven't watched the next episode, then turn back now. And if you have seen the hilariousness that is Season 2, Episode 8, Derek, then come along with us. We'll chat a little bit about it. Spoiler zone, spoiler zone, spoiling everything, spoiling movies, spoiling food, jigsaws in the room. Not this room. Not this room. Thank God for that. He was in the bathroom. Nuh-uh. He ain't yeah. coming out of there. I'm he locking was him in. The in. No, I am locking him in, and he's gonna stay in there with those centipedes that always seem to find me. We're talking about the first movie. He was in the bathroom. That's where they're locked up. Oh. Yes. Okay, so a little spoiler zone, very short. Obviously, we're going to keep seeing a lot more of Derek next episode. We're going to see more of Tahani and Jason as they try to say their I do's. And spoiler, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> and I I think we get a bit more examples of Derek's personhood for sure. I think he, based on our criteria, I think he is a person. Really? Despite the really weird, like he goes through all these emotions Mm -hmm. their breakup their yeah he goes through all these things that we have in the criteria but i don't know he's still like a dog off the leash all right well i'm interested to see what you're gonna have to say about that especially when you think about janet basically burying him alive Mm -hmm. because that's pretty messed up if you think of him as a person i think it just means he's coming back in next later episodes Oh, okay, maybe. Sort of keeping him on ice. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. So what I'm wondering for next episode um, and in the future as well is I wonder if Michael is going to give everyone their memories back. Because in this episode, he tells Janet about her previous relationship with Jason. And then in the next episode, he allows Eleanor to tell Jason and Tahani about it too. Mm -hmm. So he's giving people information that they don't really need necessarily right like jason and tahani could live without knowing he's giving them little snippets yeah and i wonder if it's gonna actually have an effect because it might not which is really sad to think about that you know they'll just remember the relationship and that'll be it we might never get any more janet and jason but i'm pretty sure we're gonna get more gd and eleanor because of their reactions Yes, okay. They doth protest way too much. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, I was a little bit sad. There wasn't a lot of Eleanor and Chidi in this episode, and 
We're going to not get that much of them actually, like, talking to each other next episode, but that's got to come back. Yeah, season one was very much the Chidi and Eleanor show. Yes. So, it's a little less that this season. And, of course, we end next week with our uh, our fun little cliffhanger of Sean showing up. And we'll talk a lot more about that when we get to it. But my first thought was, is Sean going to find out about Derek? And if he does, is he going to try to use Janet for some sort of nefarious act? Making people. Yeah, if she can make people, would he want her to do that? Right. Could he use her? Because she is a good place, Janet. Like, can he use her for that kind of thing? Can she refuse? Because her refusing a direct order could also be an example of her personhood. And she could also start to melt down. Mm. Possibly. No, 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 no. I don't want this (laughs) Janet to melt. I don't want her to be marbleized or squishied. I want her to stay just as lovely as she always has been. So that'll be all our quick little spoilers on this episode. Thanks for sticking with us. Bye, guys. Bye. Welcome. Everything is great. You are listening to Fork and Bullshit, and I just hit the microphone. (laughs) Fail. And I'm Vivian. I said that really badly. Okay. I'm Jason. And I'm Vivian. And we'll be the architects of your journey into the afterlife. I feel like I said that, and it sounded like amphibian, (laughs) and not... And (laughs) I'm amphibian, (laughs) and I'm a frog. No! We're frogs. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm Jason. And I'm... Oh my god, I can't say my name. We're at the intro. (laughs) A minute in, this is great. (laughs) This is really good. Stop eating the things, I'm gonna hear it. They're so good. Okay, well, cut it out. Eat it after. No, (laughs) I didn't take one. Oh my god, I hate you. In the crook of your elbow? We're never gonna get this done. Okay. I don't like you. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't. Hey, you're wasting them. Stop Keep it. Keep trying to get it. You're up. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got that on tape. Wait, do it again. Do it again. Do it Can you do a twofer? <laughs> I wish this lip. was visual because it would be so good. Okay, wait, wait, wait. One more time. <laughs> That was pink. It was hard to see. Here, do a red light. I really it's wish I was see. filming it because I could have like slow moed it. And it went like it smacked you like right in the nose. Smarties look, suck too because they're looked, a hard candy. Yeah, but you looked so bewildered. Yeah, it's because I couldn't see it. As soon as it no, left you, here, it went. You like, you're like. It literally disappeared in front of you. It's like, a pink one. It's flesh colored. Okay. You have to throw it up higher, like more of an arc. You can't just like <laughs> wing it into my nose. <laughs> We're wasting tape. That <laughs> was try again, a I'll try again, I'll try again. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of bloopers. What? That was like, oh, that's all right. You gotta have a better pitch. <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> Eyes on the prize. (laughs) I'm laughing too hard. My ribs hurt. Okay. (laughs) That one basically landed in your lap. I'm so sorry.
<laughs> it looks like an aspirin. I'm <laughs> <laughs> really bad at <laughs> I don't want to catch it. I have this fear it'll lodge itself in my throat. Yeah, then just swallow it. But then it, I can't. I don't know. I just, there's a fear. No, I can't. I'm just... <laughs> that one hit my forehead. <laughs> a little high then? Is that what you're telling A little high. Okay. All right, let's continue. Ooh, red one. Oh, my God. Oh, I could have tried. I could have gotten your eye instead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you hit my eye. Great. Awesome. You have glasses. It's like protection hardware. Nature's goggles? Yep. Okay, so we don't have that much left. 